the blast from our past network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown. Welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown, a no-holds-barred trivia match between two contenders fighting for nostalgic glory. I'm your host, Adam Spees, and I am solo today because we've got two gentlemen looking for redemption. Two contenders who have yet to win on the Throwback Trivia stage. In one corner, we have a man who lost to the person who employs Peter Parker but can't figure out that he's Spider-Man. Somebody bring me pictures of Spider-Man! <laughs> yes! He did it! He did it! Uh, I'm talking about Scart... Scott, Scart. <laughs> I'm talking about Scott Barber, who uh, last time we heard from him lost to Brian Nash, a.k.a. Uh, the fake J.K. Simmons. Yeah, not to be confused with Michael Scarn. Uh, it's not a Scarn Barber, but Scarn, it's uh... a <laughs> Scott, Scott Barber. And in the other corner, we have a man who lost to probably the greatest mind in our generation. And I'm talking about our co-host, John, in the last episode that he was a contestant. He lost to me. <laughs> I feel like that one was fairly fixed because I knew all of the questions that you were asked. And none of the questions that I was asked. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, boo-hoo. That's how trivia works sometimes, John. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think you both, since you've been on the show, you know. But still, we have to go over the rules. Let's do it. Entering the ring are two contestants who will engage in three rounds of head-to-head -head trivia. Here are the rules. Round one consists of 10 questions in different pop culture categories focused on a decade that will be randomized. If someone answers their question wrong, their opponent has a chance to steal. And the categories are... Movies, music, television, video games, sports, news and politics, fashion, technology, slang, and food. Round two consists of the same 10 categories, but this time, your opponent gets to pick your category. In the final round, you may bid up to as many points as you have before answering a three-tiered question, which must have all parts correct in order to score the points. Now it's time for a takedown. All right. I would love to get to know you just a little bit better. And so, um, decade notwithstanding, I want you to tell me what is your favorite Leonardo DiCaprio movie? Oh, gosh. For me, it's Gangs of New York. Just because... Oh, you know what? I'm changing that. Sorry. Not Gangs of New York. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, uh, my recency uh, bias failed me there. Mm -hmm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, my favorite Leonardo DiCaprio movie. All right. Uh, that's a tough one. I don't, I, I don't watch a ton of Leo DiCaprio movies. I've actually never seen Gangs of New York. <gasps> Great film. Good um, film, man. I've never seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Another good film. Yep. I've only seen like two thirds of Wolf of Wall Street. 
Okay. Basically, no, uh, a porn. <laughs> right. <laughs> the language um, is porn, definitely. Yeah. I'm sure there's some that I might be forgetting. I mean, I could go, I could say the obvious one, Titanic, but I think I'm actually going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Django Unchained. You had my curiosity, now you have my attention. Yeah, um, it's become the meme of 2020 is his face from Django Unchained. <laughs> yeah, uh, that face, yeah. you, you both screwed up the correct answer, answer, which is Inception. That is the best Leo movie. Okay, uh, okay, okay. I, I adore it. I'll, I'll, I'll defer to that. It, <laughs> okay. That's that's a good movie. But. Fair enough. So to pick between Django Unchained and Once Upon and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, both really good films, both uh, Tarantino yep. films. Yes. And I'm a Tarantino fan, but I definitely got to lean Django. I'm sorry. I think that's um, a better performance and an overall better film. So, all right, John, that means you get to start us off in round one. Round one. All right, uh, let's go with the old standby movies. All right, I'm going to give everybody just a fair warning. Um, I am host, I am uh, dice roller, and I am mathematician. I am probably going to screw everything up. <laughs> Can't wait. Cannot yeah. wait to call you out on it, too. All right, John, <laughs> uh, your decade is the 90s. Remember the line, consider that a divorce. It's a perfect Arnold one-liner from what 1990 film? Oh, uh, Total Recall. Total Recall is correct. Nice, Paul. All right, Scott. Or Skirt. Or Scarn. Uh, Scarn. Whatever. Scarn. 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 Uh, Scarn will go with uh, music. Why not? All right. And your decade is also the 90s. This one-hit wonder artist is best known for his 1991 top 10 hit, Rico Suave. Oh, Rico Suave. Yeah, I was really hoping you were going to go with Snow with Informer on this one. Because, <laughs> because I did I did that for my senior talent show. Oh, and, impressive. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, you didn't. You went Rico Suave, but that's Gerardo. Gerardo, which I was going to pronounce Gerardo because I'm an idiot, uh, <laughs> is correct. It might be Gerardo. No, it's probably I don't know. Probably but, no, I'm the guy named Scarn, so what do I know? Scar yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Moving along quick. John, what is your next category? Um, uh, let's go TV. TV. I hate to be one of those people that just goes for the big three right off the bat, but yeah, I, I got I to take them. But here we are. Yep. Well, and our decade is also the 90s. Three nice. 90s right in a row. Hot dice tonight. All right. And this question is brought to us by Jackie Lefebvre, uh, a, a patron. Thank you so much for offering us this question. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Jackie. This children's show premiered on PBS in 1992 and ran until 2009 with a total of 248 episodes. It also had a very catchy song that you usually heard at the end of the show that would stick in your head long after the show was over. What is the name of the show and titular character? Uh, Barney. Barney and the show Barney and Friends is correct. Well done. Do you want to sing a little bit of that song, John? No, no, thank you. I love you. You love me. Hey, we're a perfect or something family. I don't remember all the lyrics. That I was not a fan of Barney. It was just past my time. 
Yeah. <laughs> but an exquisite version. I mean, Exqu- thank chef, you. chef's kiss right there. So. <laughs> All right, Scott, you got to pick your category. Uh, let's go sports. Sports. Okay. And it's the 90s. It is. It is the <laughs> 90s again. Wow. I've rolled I've rolled three, four, or three sixes and a five, which is how I'm that doing is- my math. One, two, three, four, five for the breaking it up. And so it's another six. And so that means it is another 90s question. Killer. Before his career was damaged due to knee injuries, this Orlando Magic star was one of the top players in the 90s. In six seasons, he averaged 19 points, 6.3 assists, and 4.7 rebounds. Mm, The knee injuries uh, leads me away from guys like Shaq. Um, He had a long career. And maybe even a guy like Nick Anderson. I'll go uh, Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway is correct. All right. Well done. I have to say, oddly, I'm I'm happy that both times, Scott, you've gotten your question correct because I've had no idea, and so that way that <laughs> saves me from looking like an idiot. Well, uh, you know, um, that's uh, what what are we here for if not to make you look good? So, <laughs> yeah, uh, and Penny Hard- Penny Hardaway is currently the uh, head coach for the Memphis Tigers in uh, that's right, yeah. of the American Athletic Conference, so uh, minor league yep. team. But good for him. All right, John, you what '90s uh, category do you want? Uh, let's go with uh food food all right and your decade is the 70s of course it is this monster cereal was introduced in 1974 then discontinued in 1982 and replaced in 1988 by yummy mummy which was subsequently discontinued in 1992 repeat the question one more time sure this monster cereal was introduced in 1974, then discontinued by 1982 and replaced in 1988 by Yummy Mummy cereal, which was subsequently discontinued in 1992. Hmm. This sounds like it could be one of the uh, Count Chocolate style cereals, but I can only think of those the three, the Count Chocolate, Frankenberry, and... Berry, I think is what it was. Um, I'm going to go with Frankenberry. Frankenberry is incorrect. Okay. Scott, you get a chance to steal. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same three. I thought there was another one that was floating out there that I couldn't remember. But of those three, the one that I'll go with is Booberry. Booberry is incorrect. All right. So, um, yes, all three of those were correct in the monster cereals. But then there was a fourth, at least that came out, you know, Yummy Mummy came out in 88. But before that, there was one whose mascot was a werewolf and the cereal was called Fruit Brute. Fruit Brute. That's right. Oh, now I remember. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Uh, All right, Scott, you get to pick. Let's go slang, please. And your decade is the 80s. This term coined in 1985 refers to a program that, when executed, replicates itself by modifying other programs and inserting its own code. Every year, they cause billions of dollars worth of economic damage. Can you repeat that, please? Yep. This term coined in 1985 refers to a program that, when executed, replicates itself by modifying other programs and inserting its own code. 
Every year, they cause billions of dollars worth of economic damage. I'll go with virus. Virus or computer virus is correct. Okay. John, we have news and politics, fashion, and video games and technology. Let's go video games. Video games. And your decade is the 80s. In 1988, Super Mario Brothers 3, the mushroom world is invaded by the Koopalings, Bowser's seven children. The Koopalings conquer each of the seven kingdoms by stealing its king's magical wand and using it to, to transform him into an animal. Name any one of the seven Koopalings. Oh, jeez. Um, I feel like they had like silly names. Freddy. Freddy is incorrect. All right. Scott, to get a chance to steal. Yeah, I don't have much here. I remember the cover of the game had a flying, had Mario in a flying squirrel outfit. So I'll just guess squirrel. Squirrel is more incorrect, I would Perfect. say. <laughs> but uh, because, yeah, the, these were tough. Um, the seven different Koopalings who you had to beat were Larry Koopa, Roy Koopa, Lemmy Koopa, Wendy O Koopa, Iggy Koopa, Morton Koopa Jr. And Ludwig von Koopa, or Ludwig huh. von Koopa. So interesting. Okay. Yep. All right. We are back to Scott uh, right. with your or with your category. Uh, yeah. Let's go with news and politics, please. All right. News and politics. Your decade is back to the nineties. Back to the nineties. This toy series simply took over Christmas lists starting in 1993 with nine originals, including the likes of Legs the Frog, Squealer the Pig, Spot the Dog, Flash the Orca, and more. I'll just take a wild guess at this uh, and go Beanie Babies, Tie Beanie Babies. Tie Beanie Babies is correct. All right. I'm done. Yep. They blew up after those... Yeah, I remember the craze. I remember the craze more of a late '90s thing, but I could see it coming out in the early '90s Mm -hmm. and then getting a lot of momentum later. Yeah. Okay. All right, John, your call. Uh, I'm going to try my hand at fashion. And your decade is the '70s. And we have got another question from Jackie Lefebvre. Thank you so much, Jackie. Really appreciate it. All right. This Italian sportswear brand was founded in Turin, Italy in 1978. They are likely most well-known for their potentially controversial and sexual logo of a man and woman sitting back-to-back. I'm not really going to know this. Versace? Versace is incorrect. Yeah, I don't know this either. I'll just guess FUBU, but I don't know. FUBU is also incorrect. Perfect. Uh, the Italian sportswear brand was Kappa. Kappa. If you saw the the logo, it is just this guy and girl outline sitting back to back. I don't know. I feel okay. like it's a pretty famous okay. outline. How's that so. spelled? K A P P A. That's a new one on me. Okay, very good. Okay. I mean, it's worn by a lot of like soccer players. I've seen sure. um, other stuff like that. Hmm. Cool. That leaves me with tech. That does leave you with tech. And you get the 70s. 70s, all right. In 1973, this company introduced a new disposable variety of lighter, the intention of rivaling the popular but relatively expensive metal Zippos. I'll just uh, guess with the big name in it and with Bic. Bic is correct. All right, cool. 
pencils and lighters. John, are you having another time where you know all the other episodes, other questions, but not your own? Kind of. Kind of. About half and half. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Well, we are moving along. And uh, that is the end of round one. And my score update, I don't know if anybody else was counting, but I have got John at 20 and Scott at 50. Uh, I have Scott at 40, but I could be wrong. You have you at 20, though. All right. So yeah, he got Rico Suave. He uh, got the Beanie Babies. He got Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway. He got yeah, Computer Virus. And then the, Nick. Yeah, the sports Nick. question, that was the one I was missing. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Okay. All cool. right. Let's go into round two. Round two. And in round dose, uh, we are going to start off with Scott picking for John. All right. Let's uh, just knock fashion right out of the park. All right. And John, your decade is the 90s. Having this brand's pair of jeans with the upside down triangle logo was a must. I have a hunch you also enjoyed the 90s magazine ads with Claudia Schiffer in them. Uh, I believe this was Guess. Yep, that hunch is correct. Yep, it was Guess. Perfect. I remember Anna Nicole Smith more than I do Claudia Schiffer. Uh, fair enough. See, Anna Nicole Smith never really did it for me. I don't I don't like those like <laughs> kind of the, the big Playboy model kind of looks. It's just not my thing. Yeah, those attractive women. I could see why you don't appreciate that. <laughs> I can see the turn off there. Yeah. Zing. <laughs> Zinger, John. What category do you want? Uh, I'm going to give him video games. All right. And his decade will be the 70s. Ooh. Released in 1976 using a chip invented by the man who founded Intel. The Channel F, short for Channel Fun, was the world's first cartridge-based console. What company created the Channel F? And to my knowledge, Miss Morgan had nothing to do with it. Oh my gosh, I have no idea on this one. Miss um, Morgan. Here's the hint. Miss Morgan. You know, the only Morgan I can come up with in my brain is the WWE star Liv Morgan, so I'll just guess Liv. Liv is incorrect. Ah. Uh, John, you get a chance to steal? Yeah, that uh, that Morgan hint. It's a lot of different ways. Um, you said Miss, so it's not Morgan Freeman, so I'm going to go with the other Morgan I know and guess Fairchild. The Fairchild Channel F yes. was the console. Nice. Good Holy job. moly. Nice steal. Good job. <laughs> Fun fact, I've actually seen Morgan Fairchild naked in person. Adam wouldn't find her. <laughs> I saw her do a, a stage performance of um, of uh, oh, oh, what's it called? Not Mrs. Robinson. What's the name of the? Uh, oh, uh, the Graduate. The Graduate. Yeah, oh, the she grad- was. She did a stage oh, okay. of the Graduate, and yeah, she yeah. she played the Mrs. Robinson character. Ooh. Wow. Okay. okay. Well, nice. I'm glad. I'm glad the hit helped because I wrote that question, and I was just like, I really liked the idea of having the world's first cartridge-based console, but like, who's ever heard of the Fair the Fairchild Channel yeah. F? Uh, so I had to have something in there, but good job. Nice. Good, good job, job on picking up. Yeah, nice pull. Yes, nice pull. And uh, Scott, you get to pick for John. Gets to go right uh, back. Let's go technology then. Okay. Smart yeah. smart pick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the decade will be the 90s. 
one of the largest telescopes in the world. It was launched into orbit in 1990 and was designed to be main to be maintained and serviced by astronauts and is still operating today. Hubble. Hubble is correct. And I realized I said one of the largest telescopes in the world. And then I immediately said it was launched off the world. Mm. But, <laughs> but yes, Hubble is correct. Okay. All right, John, you get a pick for Scott. Oh, let's go with food. All right, going with food. And the decade will be the 80s. Okay. Although Dairy Queen has been around a long time, it wasn't until 1985 that this now iconic and often upside down item was introduced. Oh, yeah. This is uh, my, <laughs> my father was introduced to this uh, when I was a kid because they served it up to, upside down to him and it fell into his lap in the car. <laughs> I can remember. <laughs> Literally just stuck out the window, plop right there in the lap. Uh, blizzard. It's a Dairy Queen Blizzard. The Dairy Queen Blizzard is correct. Well done. Yeah, it was a little thawed out for my dad and whenever he got his. <laughs> yeah. Fell right in the lap. It was hilarious. Uh, I, yeah, I find it strange that they do that exactly for that potential reason. Ten-year-old yeah. me thought it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Now, Scott, you get to pick for John. Mm, news and politics. News and politics. And your decade is the 70s. On June 1st, 1973, British Honduras was officially renamed to this. And in 1981, it was officially granted independence by the UK. Ecuador? Ecuador is incorrect. Scott Barber, mm -hmm. you get a chance to steal. British Honduras also was renamed this and then get granted independence. Um, I don't know. I'll guess... Um, I guess uh, British Virgin Isles. Don't know. British, British Virgin Isles is incorrect. The correct answer uh, in Central America, Belize. Ah, oh, used to be. That named was my other guess. British Honduras. Okay. Interesting. Good. Okay. All right, uh, John, you get to pick for Scott. Uh, what do we got? We got sports, TV, movies, music. Is that it? Slang. Slang, sports, TV, music, and movies. Correct. All right. Well, let's uh, let's give him slang. Cool. Giving him slang. And his decade is the seventies. Okay. And we have another question that was given to us by Jackie Lefave. Thank you so much, Jackie. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. All right. Seventy slang. Your question: The earliest known English usage of this slang for an infectious piece of music is in Desmond Bagley's 1978 novel, Fly Away. In the 80s, it gained increasing popularity, uh, which has been potentially attributed to Stephen King. I know. I don't know what this is in particular, but I know this is a slang word for an infectious piece of music, and that's an earworm. So I'll guess earworm. Earworm is correct. Yeah. Cool. Well done. Yeah, and I can't remember what the Stephen King piece was exactly. Yeah. Um, I looked at it. I didn't do enough research. I just saw that that was written <laughs> down in uh, Wikipedia, and I copied and pasted that. So very cool. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend. You know, I do all the research <laughs> for every question, 
Wikipedia is meant for that, people. Look it up. You all have Google. That's it. You 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 can Google for God's sake. Don't make us do the heavy lifting for you. Exactly. Uh, I remember there was an episode of Scrubs that had uh, Erasure's a little respect as an yeah, worm that went throughout the entire hospital. Yeah, great episode. Great episode. Great show. One of my yes. favorite shows of all time. I was so close to doing an episode by episode breakdown of Scrubs, and That's then and then they did. You know, when when you have Zach Braff and uh, Donald Faison come out like literally that week, and I was like, I'm yeah. screwed. Who's going to listen to us when you exactly. can listen to Turk and Jake? You can listen to them. They have Bill Lawrence on every week. Yep. <laughs> you know I mean, and yeah. I love that. That's actually my their theme song is my ringtone right now. It is a, such a good theme song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Scott, you get a pick for John. All right, let's go. Gosh. Just got the big ones left. Let's go sports. All right. And your decade is the 80s. All right. This NFL team built a devoted following as it won three pre-merger NFL championships and Super Bowl V in 1970. The team's shocking move in the middle of the night in 1984 broke the hearts of many. Uh, repeat the question. This NFL team built a devoted following as it won three pre-merger NFL championships and Super Bowl V in 1970. The team's shocking move in the middle of the night in 1984 broke the hearts of many. The Colts? The Baltimore Colts is correct oh. when they moved to Indianapolis. Yep, warm up the Mayflower uh, moving vans in the middle of the night. I can still see it in my mind's eye. Oh, yeah. They, uh, the, the whole city is still very, very bitter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I found out, yeah, that Baltimore fans super bitter. And then also Cleveland is still so angry. Yeah. I think when the owner like moved everything to, uh, they, they did the same move. Yeah. They did the exact same thing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, good job, John. Uh, but now you get a pick for Scott and you have movies, music, and TV left. Uh, let's go with TV. Okay. TV. And your decade is the 70s. Okay. And guess what? We have another question brought to us by Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> she sent me a whole bunch and is awesome. So Jackie uh, is awesome. Really appreciate it. All right. And this one, well, I, you know, I don't want to say it's tough. It's just I didn't know it. So mm -hmm. I found it right. particularly tough. But there's a lot of questions. I'm not that smart. Um, <laughs> okay. The TV show One Day at a Time, which was about the misadventures of a divorced mother her daughters, and their building superintendent in Indianapolis ran from 1975 to 1984. What was the character name of the superintendent that Pat Harrington Jr. played? Oh, what was his name? I'm pretty sure it was Schneider. Dwayne F. Schneider is wow. correct. Wow, what a poll. Great job. So obviously a good question. I just didn't know it. I was I was torn between Schroeder and Schneider, and I was like, "No, I'm getting Ricky Schroeder conflated <laughs> with Schneider." The yeah, it was he kind of had a very everyman handyman look. It was like if one of the Shanana guys was a handyman. Okay. Kind of what his look was. <laughs> yeah. He had like a pencil thin mustache and the cigarettes in the in the uh -huh. sleeve of the yeah. Yep, cool. I remember the character. Yeah. All right. Well done. Okay. So what do you want to give to John or what do you want to keep for yourself and pick the other? Uh, yeah, you... let's just go ahead and uh, throw movies at John. Okay. He is a music teacher. That's probably a good call. All right, John, your decade is the 70s. All right. 
The Buddy Holly Story is a 1978 biopic of rock and roll star Buddy Holly. It follows him from his humble beginnings to his rise to fame. It's crazy to think that this actor played Buddy Holly. Um, was it Gary Busey? Craziest man alive. It was <laughs> Gary Busey. Yeah. Best actor nomination for Gary Busey for that role, yeah. Good stuff. Okay. Uh, all right, Scott, you are left with music. All right, let's go. And your decade is the 80s. Cool. And we have another Adam's Lounge. Oh, geez. Yeah. All right. I love it. Let's go. All right. So I am going to lounge sing some lyrics, and you need to tell me the name of the artist of this 1983 Billboard number eight hit. Cool. Here we stand, worlds apart, hearts broken in two, 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 the sleepless nights, losing ground, I'm reaching for you, 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 hey, feeling that it's gone can change your mind, if we can't go on to survive the tide, love divide, hey. That almost sounded exactly <laughs> like Steve Perry. I mean, it was like uncanny. <laughs> how much it sounded like steve perry so that's uh that's worlds apart by journey well you got the raw the wrong title of the song well that was the, well, that's it's, part it's of it. the parenthetical title yes the, the parenthetical yes yeah. separate ways the separate worlds ways apart. worlds apart so well, you got the band that was the question which yeah. is journey all right that is the end of round two and at the end of round two our score update is john has 70 and Scott has 90. So we still have a very good game here happening. All right, let's get started for our final round. Final round! And in this final round, you can wager up to any of your points or none of your points, however you want to do, or anything in between, based on our category, which is Broadway musicals. Hmm. Okay. All right, let me figure out what I want to do here. And all right, I have my wager. All right, my wager's in. Okay. All right, Broadway musicals. All right, let's go. The four highest grossing musicals based on Broadway sales, so not traveling sales, on strictly Broadway sales. Sure come from each of our decades besides number two, which was Wicked from 2003, which has grossed $1.3 to date. What are the other, so the first, third, and fourth highest grossing Broadway musicals? And here are some hints. The first highest grossing Broadway musical came out in 1997. It's, it has so far grossed $1.6 and it's based on a 1994 movie of the same name. The third highest grossing Broadway musical of all time came out in 1988. It has so far grossed $1.2 and it's based on a 1910 French novel of the same name. And the fourth highest grossing musical is from, came out in 1975, and it has grossed six, $656 and it's based on a 1932 American novel of the same name. So while our two contestants Can are thinking, and they will be thinking hard and fast and all the good thinking, I don't know, I'm just going to be talking here. I mean, this is what this is for. I'm talking. And I'm talking to tell you about all of the different podcasts on the BFOP network, whether it is talking back, whether it is 
Podcasting After Dark, whether it's Cartwright's Seinfeld Podcast, whether it's Blast from Our Past, check out these nostalgic-based podcasts. There is something for you. I can almost guarantee it. Uh, some for everybody, and uh, we would appreciate it if you gave those a shot. Could you repeat the hints? Of course. All right. The highest-grossing musical is from uh, first came out in 1997, uh, and it's based on a 1994 movie of the same name. The third highest grossing is from 1988 is when it came out. 1.2 billion, but that matters, um, based on a 1910 French novel of the same name. And the fourth uh, first came out in 1975, and it's based on a 1932 American novel of the same name. Okay, I can, I can sub- just go ahead and uh, lock in my answer. Okay. Said the the one from ninety seven was based on a ninety four movie, correct of the same name. It's not going to be the Shawshank Redemption. The glorious Shawshank, the musical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that shower scene real hard to pull off life every night. And a Dufresne swam through two miles of <laughs> and came out the other side a free man. The <laughs> the the he swam through it. The can he swim? See, can he swim? Now, can he make it? Adam, now you're going to have to either cut that whole thing or bleep every little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm seeing something different for some reason. You know what? I'm going to add this in here. Okay. So both of you, you have the chance to change your answers. I'm also seeing that the 1975 musical may have actually been based on a 1926 play of the same name. And not particularly a book. Of the same name, so 1926 it, play. It, does, it doesn't, doesn't matter. My answer. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, I don't know where I got the other thing, or just uh, seeing opposing views. So giving it to giving that to you. Whatevs. <laughs> right. I'm gonna come up with an answer here soon. Um. All right, my answer's locked in. All right. We need to know what y'all's answers are. John, as you were behind by 20 points, let us know what your first, third, and fourth favorite, or not favorite, you know, <laughs> the high, highest grossing musicals uh, were. So first from the 90s, third from the 80s, and fourth came from the 70s. I was going to say, if we we're doing favorites, now we <laughs> now we can talk about getting some answers yeah. right, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, Broadway musicals is the lowest on the totem pole of things about music and or theater and or movies that I know about. Mm. So I was not very confident in any of my answers. Um, I can't remember the order, so I'm just going to tell you like the one from the nineties, the one from the eighties, the one from the seventies. That works. Uh, So the one from the seventies, I guessed was Chicago. The one from the eighties, I guessed rent and the one from the nineties, even though I know it's wrong. um, I put the wedding singer. Okay. All right. All right, and Scott? Uh, for the uh, 90s one from the 94 movie, that one, to me, rang for The Lion King. And oh, duh. I'm pretty sure Lion King is the number one grossing musical of all time. Uh, for the 80s, I think we had all different answers for this, too. Uh, for the 80s, I uh, thought it came out earlier than this, but I couldn't come up with a better answer. I put Phantom of the Opera. Uh, because I think it's based off of something that's kind of obscure from the early 20th century. And for the third one, I just went with a very long-running musical and hoping it was one of the highest-grossing ones as well. 
And even though I didn't know the source material at all for it, I just guessed cats. So, again, Lion King, Phantom of the Opera, and cats is my answer. Did you see that recent movie? Uh, the 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 yeah. abominable one. No. <laughs> yes, no, I heard enough bad things about it that I stayed away. So. Yeah. <laughs> and it has James Gordon in it, and I just don't like James Gordon. Not... Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, all right, so the highest grossing musical of all time that that first came out in 1997 is The Lion King. Yeah, I can't believe I couldn't remember that. And the uh, the third highest grossing based on Broadway sales uh, came out in 1988. It is Phantom of the Opera. All right, cool. Nice. And the fourth highest grossing Broadway sales musical that uh, came out in 1975 based on either a novel or a play. You guys can figure I'm not sure. I, I couldn't. I screwed that up. Yeah. That era is the jazz era in that uh, yes. 1926. And it oh. is Chicago. Chicago. Oh, very good. So good John job. did get that one, but uh, Scott had the other two. So neither of you got all of your answers correct. So we'll start with John. What was your wager? Uh, as I said, I know nothing about musicals, so I wagered a big fat zero goose egg. All oh. right. W wagering very the goose high. egg, hoping that Scott might be trying to play defensive and wager enough. And Scott, could you please tell everybody what you wagered? I really wanted to go enough to close out for this uh, just to make sure I didn't get shut out. But knowing that I'd probably screw one of these up, I also bet zero. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. And that is exactly <laughs> as it played out. Uh, all right. So our scores remain 70 to 90. And with a close victory, Scott eked one out. Good wow. job, sir. Good job. Very good game, John. Man, you, I, uh, I tell I you. I feel much better about this loss than I did the last one. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I would have felt okay with this loss too. I would, I would have been a little salty over the Chicago miss at the end, but uh, <laughs> I just can't believe I, I can't believe cats isn't one of the top grossing musicals, but that's, that's surprising to me. Cause I, I know can't believe I forgot the, the lion King. Well, that was, yeah, that was the one that, that was the only one to me. I was just like, well, I know that's a lion King, but uh, couldn't pull Chicago. That's a, that's a good question. Really good question, but you, man, I tell you what, John, you should have you should have had a win on this one. That was a very very <laughs> really good. Uh, you Cat, had a very good game. Cats is number ten um, in the Broadway uh, highest musicals, and it came out in 1982, so it gives close to the seventies. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay, 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 okay. <laughs> well, very cool. All right, all right, Scott and John. Well, John, less thank you because you're you know, obligated to be on here almost every episode. <laughs> but a big thank you to Scott Barber for joining us again. Uh, really appreciate having you on. Uh, yeah, anything? I love the show. I awesome. love being on. Anytime you want me on, just give me a shout, and I'm happy to pop on and uh, win or lose. It's always a good time. Will do. Uh, anything else you want to add on to that? No, or man, I'm all good. Everything's good. Everybody just stay safe out there. Have a good holiday. And, uh, you know, let's get rocking and rolling in 2021, everybody. All right? exactly what he said all right so uh, well john i guess i'll give you the option john do you want to say anything before we close out no i'm good all right you got you got other times other opportunities to speak yep. uh, next episode probably oh and uh, the other thing is yeah. let's make shawshank redemption the musical yes <laughs> all right. if there's someone out there who has a financial backer or knows someone on broadway let's do this shawshank <laughs> redemption 2022 let's make this happen <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, it's going to pass Lion King in one year. We know that's yeah, yeah, one time. year oh, yeah. by me alone. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to go every night. <laughs> so you have like 1.7 billion of your own dollars to just, I, you know, watch I it. Loved it was yeah. better than Cats. I'm going <laughs> to see it again and again. Starring Shawshank, the musical starring James Corden. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> In the red role. Of all yeah, things. exactly. It's, it's, it's more salty for me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. All right. <laughs> all right. So thank you, John. Thank you, Scott. And this has been another episode of Throwback Trivia Takedown. Five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Throwback Trivia Takedown. If you want to support the podcast or if you'd like to be a contestant, go to patreon.com backslash throwback trivia takedown and pick a tier that's right for you. If you want to submit questions, you can email them to throwbacktriviatakedown at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on the podcast platform you're listening to. And we'll see you next time when two new contestants go head-to-head in nostalgic knowledge on Throwback Trivia Takedown. Hello! La la la. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la.